0: This is the King and Badger Show as part of the Monmouth Digital Network, and now here are your hosts, Coach King Rice and Gary the Badger Koal. Yeah, the ones that hate me the most look just like me. You tell me what that means. Make a slick comment and see what that brings. Go with- Badger's early this morning. You can hear my voice still cracking. <clears throat> Probably because I was yelling at the kids too much last night. I
1: don't know, maybe a little bit.
0: I, I was a little bit tight because it was senior day and uh, I wanted that win so bad. And I didn't realize until I got home that we had lost the last two senior nights. I'm glad you guys didn't remind me of that. So I, I would I could, never tell you that. So I could uh, actually come and try to coach the team. But uh, I thought it was an awesome night. Um, I thought the kids were super excited. Um, I thought we'd see some tears, but, but they held it together. And I thought the one that would cry would be Pappas because he was saying he wasn't going to cry, and I knew his dad was going to get emotional, but George George held it together, and uh, we didn't see many tears last night.
1: Didn't see tears at all. It was uh, a special night in West Long Branch. We uh, we get a win on senior night over Quinnipiac 75-72, uh, and Coach Somebody in the building last night that we're going to welcome into to the podcast right now. Uh, Hall of Fame coach Roy Williams was able to sit courtside and watch the game. Pretty awesome.
0: Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Let's <laughs> go! No, that was that was cool. Coach came and now we got him on. Coach, good morning.
2: Good morning. I tell you what, uh, King, think of this. If Pappas had started crying before he shot those free throws, I would have been worried. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I probably would have been a little bit worried too, Coach. Uh,
2: that would I tell you, in 2017, we are going to the free throw line and Joel Berry's shooting and he's starting to cry. We got the Dagum National Championship in, in Dallas, because so everybody thought we'd won it and it wasn't over yet. I said, make the Dagum free throw. So, yeah, I'm glad George didn't cry and made that, fast, made that free throw that uh, made us feel a little bit better last night.
0: <laughs> well, it, it definitely did. And, and, coach, I have to tell you, it really felt cool just when I looked across the court and I saw you. Um, I want to thank you for coming, but. You uh, you spoke to the team that was that was just awesome. Uh, I did tell Walker you were you were coming, but I did not tell the other kids. And mm-hmm. see, Coach, you're a Hall of Famer now. So Pappas was like, "Yo, Coach," when he walked in, I, I kind of was shook. I got all nervous, King. I was like, man, I should have told y'all before. I, I didn't think y'all would get nervous. I thought you'd get excited. He was like, man, coach is a Hall of Famer, man. I was shook. <laughs> well,
2: I'm glad I know that we won because if we, you won, if it hadn't been, I never would have been invited back because I know you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Coach, you, you can keep saying we. You you said we won, and and yeah. you're a part of this, Coach, because the role that you played in my life and – you know, that's why I asked you to come on here today because I, I want to celebrate you. Um, I want to celebrate North Carolina, um, but really want to celebrate you. And, you know, I met you when I was a, a 16, 17-year-old kid, and um, now I'm a 53-year-old guy with a raspy voice. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know. The good it,
2: news is I'll still call you a kid because I'm really old. I'm 71, boy.
0: <laughs> well, it's... It, you know we've we've had this relationship, and and you've been a person that has watched it up close. Uh, then when you were at Kansas, you know you you ended my college career. So that that's one we never really talked about. And then and then you've <laughs> yeah, been a mentor a mentor to me and and everybody in the Carolina family, but specifically with me when I lived in California and wanted to get back into coaching. You were the person I called, and and you just picked it up from there. And and that kind of started me back to be able to to sit in the seat that I sit in now at Monmouth. And, you know, I just want to thank you for all of it, Coach. But when I called you when I was in California and I needed to get back in coaching, and you picked it up and just offered me the world and, you know, just if you can talk about our deal from when we met, you knew my father, my mother, and mm-hmm. and then talk about the similarities to your family because yeah. I think that's what bonded us when I was a young fella.
2: Yeah, I think so, King. And you know, it's it's uh, you've heard my story. I mean, if it hadn't been for my high school coach, I don't know what I would be doing because he, I never would have even gone to college. And My mother quit school in the tenth grade. My father quit school in the sixth grade. Alcoholic. My mom was his first wife, but he had five before it was over. With and wasn't the best home situation, but my high school coach was the one that first person that made me feel good about myself, give me confidence. He was talking to other people about me and saying positive things. They were coming back and telling me. So it wasn't him teaching me how to shoot a jump shot or anything. It was him caring about me. And so the summer after my ninth grade year, out in high school, I decided I wanted to be a basketball coach, and I've never varied. But It is something, you know, you had some tough things in your life. And you had the toughness that I just loved, absolutely loved. And uh, I remember we were recruiting John Crotty, Sean Miller, and King Rice. And uh, Coach Smith one day said, all right, can you put them in order? And I said, yes. I said, King first for me, Coach, because he's the toughest. And I swear I remember that like it was yesterday. And Coach Smith agreed, thankfully, (laughs) (laughs) because he's the one who made the decision. I made the suggestion. But it was, you know, and so I loved you as a player, only we got to be with you for two years. But uh, it was it was a time that I really, really enjoyed. I, excuse me, just one year. Uh-huh. And uh, I really, really enjoyed you. And so every game after I left and went to Kansas, I saw every North Carolina game. I mean, I remember the Duke-Carolina game one time uh, in my first couple of years. I went to a restaurant bar place, and, and all the people, uh, they were all there wanting to watch the game, and they just – Put up a chair and the table, set it right up in front, so everybody was behind because they said they were afraid to distract me <laughs> because <laughs> I'd get fired up, at everybody tell them to shut up or something like that. But you know, and I saw that in you, and you coached, you coach with Kevin Stallings, and the call that uh, we that you're talking about when we talked, I remember that call, and I remember telling you because you're saying, Coach, thanks so much for trying to help, and I remember saying this, King if the roles were reversed, you would do the same thing that I'm going to try to do. And I'll say that to you now. Everything that I did with you, if the roles were reversed, you would have done the same thing for me because that's who you are. That's the reason you got into coaching because you wanted to do some of those kind of things too. But uh, every night when I check all the scores, I check Monmouth. and But the crazy thing with me is I don't see any of your players. I don't see the school. When I see the word Monmouth, I see King Rice's face. And that's the way I think it should be because we should be about people. And, uh, but you've been a, a breath of fresh air. And you, I mean, I tried to get to see you play the first time and it COVID knocked it out and tried to come another time, weather knocked it out. So I felt pressure last night. And <laughs> I tell you, hey, King, try this. 33 years as a head coach, I felt more pressure on senior night than I felt. And I, I, I know, gosh, well, we won three, but we lost two. Duke can one, we lost to Syracuse in another one. So we coached in – which coach? Five national – well, I say we because it was my whole staff. Five national championship games. I never felt the pressure in five national championship games like I did on senior night because I wanted those kids like you to go out the right way. And C.B. McGrath asked me a question. sent me a text this week and asked me a question, and I haven't had time to go back and look. But we were either 30-3 and on senior night or 31-2. and And I did. I felt more pressure in <laughs> those games than I did any other game.
0: <laughs> you know, Coach, those are those are the things, you know, people don't understand. They, they see Coach Williams, you know, the, the former coach of Kansas, the former coach of North Carolina. They see how you do and who you are as a man, and everybody thinks that's where you started and mm. i just know your story and when when i told everybody you were coming they were like well, well we'll have some drinks upstairs and we'll have this and we'll have and i said "Nah, coach don't need that i said but what yeah. coach will want is a coca-cola i said yeah. coach going <laughs> want a coca-cola now i said he probably drinks more <laughs> cokes than me and uh you know i just remember you telling us you know with your in your family how you your mom would give you the money to get get the Coca-Cola once in a while. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think that that because of where you started it, you know, where you are now and what you have done, all the kids that you have helped, it's just amazing. And, you know, people don't know, they just think, Oh, they see coach Williams, the hall of famer. They don't mm-hmm. know where you came from and how hard you worked. And when you first started as a coach, you know, you, you paved the way at Carolina for guys like me and in, in the coaching industry by basically volunteering and your salary was for selling ca- calendars. Could you just explain so so the young coaches out there understand you are a Hall of Famer, but you earned it. You earned it the well, hard way. Well,
2: thank you. Well, thank you, King. And I did think I worked hard. I think it was something that – uh, maybe it's out of fear because I didn't want to fail. You know, And, and that's good. That's okay. That motivation to is okay. But, yeah, I was a, a high school coach for five years, and then all of a sudden Coach Smith asked me to come back and be on the staff. And he said we need another guy out recruiting because Eddie Fogel was out recruiting a lot, but Coach Guthrie's because the academics and everything else wasn't out quite as much. And Everyone else had a part-time assistant, and North Carolina did not. And the tough thing is, and Coach Smith told it in his words, and I didn't realize exactly what he meant, but he said it's full-time job, part-time pay. Uh,
0: Coach is <laughs> <Coach laughs> slick like that every once in a while, Coach. Oh, every yeah. Every once in a while, he hit you with that. It's a full-time job, but a part-time pay. <laughs> and, and all you heard was full-time job. So you yeah, was like, yeah, I'll do that at North Carolina. I mean, I mean,
2: <laughs> $2,700 for the year. I mean, and I had a wife and a little baby boy as a year old, so it was $2,700 a year. And so that's the reason I, I drove copies of the TV show for a football coach and coach Smith. Every Sunday I drive 504 miles, and, but I made $100 every Sunday. So <laughs> $2,700 all you make. You got $100 every week, you're good. And uh, uh, then I started selling calendars, and I jokingly say, but truthfully too, I became the best dadgum Calder's salesman you've ever seen, but uh, uh, it started out, I sold 10,500 my first year, but my eighth year, because I did it for eight years. Uh, the last year, eighth year, I sold 55,000, but uh, it was, it was something for me that I wanted to make sure I provided for my family, but I really thought that in the long term, it would be great for me and what I wanted to do in coaching and, uh, after my first year, I was offered a couple of head, not head positions, excuse me, a couple of full time assistant jobs. You know, instead of twenty seven making like twenty thousand in the car and all this stuff. But I stuck with it, and I had uh, two practices a day for eight years because I coached the JV team, and it was important to me. It wasn't important to too many other people. When I played on the freshman team, the freshmen couldn't play on the varsity. And one year, I, my well, my year, my freshman year we played the uh, Duke's freshman team on Friday night in Carmichael filled up Carmichael and the varsity team wasn't until Saturday. And then when I was coaching the JV team, it would be everybody's mama. And if any of the guys had a steady girlfriend, it would be there, them there. And that was all, but, uh, but I, I loved it. And I did, you know, because people say, it's like what you're saying there. Well, he's only coached at Kansas or North Carolina. Those are two pretty darn good places. And they are, but I do feel like I paid my dues coaching two practices a day, every day for eight years. And, Selling calendars and those kind of things, but I always had one ace in the hole. And you know, that ace in the hole for me was Dean Smith, that not only did he share his knowledge, which is the best thing anybody can ever give someone, but he shared his knowledge and his experiences and taught me. But the other thing is, I trusted him and knew that I was uh, uh, with coach, that I was going to be okay, and that uh, I was fortunate enough, I was offered a couple of coaching positions, head coaching positions that I turned down. And I remember. Uh, the last year that I was with him, I called him because the AD from George Mason was flying down with the contract uh, to Chapel Hill. He was coming down on a Saturday morning. We were going to sign and have press conference on Sunday. And I called him told him not come because I just didn't feel right. It didn't feel like that I could do that. It didn't feel like it was the right thing for me and my family. And I remember calling Coach Smith in the morning saying, Coach, uh, i got some maybe good news, but maybe bad news. I turned it down. And he said, what do you feel now? And I said, relieved. And he said, well, then it was the right decision. He said, you've been patient and you've done it better than anybody I've ever had. Just understand it. One of these days, the right job is going to open up for you and it's going to be staring you right in the face. And two and a half months later, I was the head coach at Kansas. And so I've been very, very lucky too. But, uh, you know, it's something that I love doing. I love coming by the dorm and checking you guys, make sure you are in study hall or studying. Or oh,
0: I remember those days, Coach. I, I didn't like you call, coming by checking, though, because Coach, Coach checked better than anybody. I'm
1: sure King was always in study hall, right? <laughs>
0: hey, in the mornings I came, I had the key, and I opened the door and made sure they were in class.
2: Boy, I was tougher on them. <laughs> All right. And the running program, too. Boy, I used to try to bury them on the afternoon around the track.
0: Hey, let me tell you now. And that, that's, that's one. I tell our players coach all the time. I'm like, well, guys, if you didn't go to class or or they were looking for you, they just came in your room and and the kids are like, what do you mean? They just came in your room. I'm like, Yeah, we had to give them a key to our room. And they're like, well, no way. And I'm like, okay, so when they asked for my key, what was I supposed to say? I'm not giving you a key? Yeah. And then they would have said, well, you don't get to be at North Carolina, King. And then you would have been gone. Like, what are y'all talking about? You wouldn't have given up your key. Uh, well, that like, was
2: a democracy. I knocked on the door first. And then, it
0: didn't <laughs> answer, and then I opened it with my key. <laughs> the, the, the time between the knock and the key hitting your door, you might as well have opened up the door on the knock. I hate to get in right. there. Because it wasn't a big difference nowadays. Because that meant they was looking for you because you probably had already done that a couple of times and weren't that's where right. you were supposed Badger to be.
2: Used. So, imagine they used to the players would be. Would get around quickly because I had an old Mustang. It was blue and they called it the blue goose and said the blue goose is loose. That meant I was around checking classes and everything. And, uh, was, <laughs> that was the car before that was the one? That was the one. But let me tell you something about your Your big assistant coach too. <laughs> he knows this story. Uh oh. All right, there was another player. I'm not going to give the name of the other player, but the other player, in his mind, all I was doing was checking classes and then running them to death. In the afternoons, three times a week. And this is in the preseason. So this other player suggested to Buck, Steve Button and Jr. and I think King was there too, but I know to Buck and Jr. and suggested to them that they just grab me and beat me up. <laughs> <laughs> and J.R. I was there. Jr. said to the kid, the other player, he said, yeah, that's easy for you to say. You're an size." scientist. He said, I'm 6'10 black dude, weigh 250 pounds. You don't think coach is going to know who it is? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yo, and dude really was like, we should just get him. We should get him. <laughs> and we were like, yo, what are you talking about? He's going to know it's us. <laughs> We got our sweats on, <laughs> Carolina basketball, that nobody else could get. <laughs> he'll know it's he us. Says, I'm 6'10", 6'9",
2: 250,
0: but you will know it's me. <laughs> no, and it, I'll tell you, it, yes, yeah. that actually, yes, we were used to be mad at Coach. And it, the thing about it, this is what I tell people, that, you know, they taught you, and and, and you already knew these things, but they always reminded you of the stuff that you already told them. You told them you were a good kid. You told them being on time was important. You told them all these things that made you, you and then you'd get to college and you start having so much fun. You forgot what you came there for. Mm -hmm. And they Mm -hmm. were the best at reminding you. But when you're 20 Mm -hmm. and they're reminding you, they're just messing with me all the time. Why are they messing with me? I can't (laughs) wait to get out of here.
2: And then
0: you get out and you're like, man, this was the best thing that ever happened to me. And I wish I could come back. I wish I was still there under that because that was the best stuff ever. And when you were going through it, you just... You didn't want to do right every second, so then you was mad at Coach for having you do right. Yeah. <laughs> and it took me a while to get that one. And, you know, you get out of school it and you're take like. a while, yeah. It's like, it's like, man, these people cared about me more than anybody ever. And I always say, Coach, you, Coach Smith, the thing that, that I felt like separated us from everybody was you always gave us advice that was best for us. Not, not that was best for North Carolina basketball. And, and sometimes we put you in tough spots, and you still gave us the best advice for us. It was like the program's going to be okay. I need you to be okay. And I always felt that. I always felt that you and Coach Guthridge, and, and I'd put you in some spots sometimes. And, but when you sat with me, it always about it was always about trying to help me be better. And, and you I know, I tell, King, I, I remember sitting in that. your living room.
2: I remember sitting in your living room and telling your folks that. And I remember your dad just sort of looking at me, nodding, and like that's what he wanted for you. Yeah. And and I would bet that when you go into a young man's home, you tell them a little bit of your story. That hey, son, I've been where you are, and I had some distractions, and But you want a coach that will care about you enough to put those distractions out of the dominance that it's not going to dominate your life and and that's that's the thing in coaching because i mean hey badger i think i'm right on this and i may be wrong he may be too bashful to tell the truth i went to see him play a football game on a friday night and i think he scored like five touchdowns or something <laughs> and then i went to watch him the next morning on saturday morning i think he was at the ymca mm-hmm. and uh, said something to your team about that but i got to the back row. It was only about four or five rows. It was a small place, but I leaned my back against the wall. It's Binghamton in the middle of winter, and it's concrete blocks. And on the other side of the concrete blocks was the outside. I've never touched my back to wall <laughs> cold in my entire life. I moved immediately down to the front row. But I think he scored like five touchdowns on Friday night, and he had played a basketball game on Saturday morning and played the game like it was for the World's Championship. And so that was uh, that's who King Rice was, and and he was fantastic for us, and didn't play uh, his freshman year very much at all. Uh, but I knew that uh, I, re- I re- the biggest play King I remember of your career I watched it on TV, and it was the biggest play to me. You guys are in Maui, I think, and you score the last basket to win the game. <laughs> that was and, crazy. <laughs> yeah, and you got the ball, took it down the court. And as you're coming down, I'm watching it with one of my assistants. I said he's going to score. That's his first thing I said. I just said he's going to score, and he scored the game, the basket, the basket, to win the basketball game. And you went sprinting around the court like the same bolt. <laughs> it, so, it was so fun. I, I pushed the guys, and yet I told the guys that I want them to like me, especially after they leave. But I need them to respect me and what I'm trying to do with them and for them during the time that I'm the coach, and uh, King Rice was as competitive. I mean it, the the toughness, King, that you had, and you had a big old heart that sometimes you tried to hide that with your toughness, but (laughs) but I understood that stuff. But, no, that was the thing that I loved about King Rice. And when I'm watching the game last night and the the referee doesn't call the goaltending, which from where we were sitting was an easy call. And I will tell you, some of the Paskin brothers, Lou was there last night, and Gave his tickets to me and Wanda, and uh, it was just something that he's talked about coming to the Monmouth games and for years, and his brother Mike has moved down to Florida. But they've been with two of your staunch supporters, and they've been friends of mine since, gosh, 2099 or something like that, uh, did the Final Four when I met them. But uh, there last night when that referee didn't call, the goaltender, again, looked pretty obvious. I can tell you one thing, son. You still got some quickness because you <laughs> jerked your body around. Boy, I thought you were going to have a heart attack at that one moment.
0: <laughs> I, I almost did, coach. I don't, and my back is a little sore this morning. I was wondering why. That must have been it.
2: That you should have been think, it. Hey. If they would have the camera on coaches and make us look at ourselves after each game, we'd change our behavior. So <laughs> they saw you, you would change your behavior. I tell you that.
0: <laughs> um, I, I might start what, Now you gave Badger Gary an idea. He's going to start filming me yeah. on the bench now, no, no. Coach.
2: That's right. If <laughs> they do, do you that, think? they could put it. Hey, it would be the bloopers on TV. That's what it would be, boy. <laughs> but listen, King. I mean, you're you're doing a show and king and the badger or king and gary i don't know i think i'd rather be known as the badger
1: <laughs> i think i would too
0: now, coach one, one last part um mm-hmm. and and i know how much this means to you right now but and, and always has please talk about mrs williams and, and your mm-hmm. kids scott and kimberly and now your grandfather and I've watched you, Coach. I watched you when, when Scott and Kimberly were young and I was a freshman and you had us mm-hmm. over for breakfast and Mrs. Williams yeah. would cook breakfast for all the freshmen um, and t- and take us to church. And now they have kids. And, and I know yeah. how proud you are of Scott and, and your daughter Kimberly and, and Mrs. Williams. You know, Summer and all the people here yesterday, they were like, wow she's awesome and i'm like y'all don't even understand that's who mrs williams no. been since i was 16 years old okay she she yeah. didn't get caught up in the hype she don't she is who she is and yeah. she's top shelf and please just talk about that before we let you go and okay. you know because i know how proud you are and coach i'm 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 one of your kids and you mm-hmm. know i just i watch you closely and i i just know when you, when you talk about them grandkids, <laughs> yeah, you, light you light up. You light up.
2: Yeah, you love your children, but they're not even in the same level as your grandchildren. I've talked <laughs> all the time. You do what you want to do. I just need these kids. That kind of thing. But, you no, know, Wicked Wanda, I call her very affectionately. And it, people in Kansas, when I first called her Wicked Wanda, they said, oh, gosh, they were dumbfounded. They don't realize that that's her email address right now. So she's, she's understood it and everything. But. No, and, King, you have to do what everybody does. That partner that you have has got to be the best partner in the world. And Wanda has been just – this summer will be 49 years for us. That's and, awesome, uh, Coach. we got married July 28th, and, and anniversary. and But she's slick, too, because we bought a car two days after we got married – or two days before we got married. And so for the first 10 years of our marriage – she would always say, and it was the Blue Goose, she would always say the Blue Goose's birthday, and that was her way of reminding me of their anniversary <laughs> two days before
0: <laughs> Well, she knows, she knows who she married over there. She that's, knows. That's right.
2: <laughs> she knows. That, but, you know, just think about the times, because after Kimberly was born, our second year here at North Carolina, I made the statement, I said, I'll provide, I'll take care of everything. I'd rather you raise our kids than anybody else. And she did. And, you know, I was, I was gone a lot. And it was what, recruiting after they changed the rule, but the part-time guy didn't go out. and selling calendars all summer and things like that. But she was just the best I could have ever imagined as being a, uh, the parent of our children. And uh, so for me, it was that uh, security blanket. And it was that person that I could trust. And Scott and Kimmy came along, and I just felt my whole world had changed, and uh, it was in uh, for the better in every way shape and form and then the grandchildren came along and it was even better and I, I even yesterday before i came to see you i did a speaking gate down in charlotte and told them that my whole life the only thing i cared about was my basketball team and my family and yes i like to pee it up with my buddies at the golf course when i got a chance to do that but nothing else made any difference to me and so for me they were the world and so I have a 12-year-old grandson and a 10-year-old grandson. And the, the favorite picture of mine, that I could lose every belonging, every dollar, every cent, but I have a picture of us in 2017, the whole team championship, won the national championship, and I'm up on stage, and i got got two, my, my two grandsons up there with me. We have a picture up in the office. And I would give up golf. I would give up everything before I would give up. That picture of the two older boys and now Kimberly has two little ones she has a, another boy named Cason and finally we've got my granddaughter, little, two and a half year old little girl who's already got me wrapped around her finger and <laughs> plays me like a puppet. I'm telling you I walk in and she'll slyly look at me and then step behind her mom or dad and look at me. And so she's been playing cat and mouse since the day she was born but what it is is just uh, she knows that she's got me and she does but uh, uh, we're uh, going to go up and watch the, uh, the, the 10-year-old play in his last basketball game on Sunday. And it's something that uh, when I retired April Fool's Day last year, I knew that I would get more opportunities. I saw six Little League games, four flag football games. My uh, The oldest one, the 12-year-old, plays sixth grade tackle football <laughs> in Charlotte. And so those things. And then Kimberly, our daughter, you know, she has her own dance studio. I've been to dance competitions from – Minnesota, to Virginia Beach, to Florida, to Texas, and and I did more of those this past eleven months. And I'm going to spend a few days down in Orlando with the Nationals with the dance squad. And it is, it's, it's.
0: You're retired, coach. You know that, right? You know you're retired, yeah,
2: right? But, <laughs> yeah, but I keep moving
0: around. I like, hey, they still somebody's going to be
2: gaining on you. Satchel Paige said that one time. Don't look back. Somebody may be gaining on you. But, uh, <laughs> but I love it. And it's it's the all you That's know, my life. Is basketball, my family. And it's, yeah, again, as I say, I like to tee it up and it gives me a chance to compete a little bit. But uh, uh, that's that's all that Roy Williams is about.
0: All right, Coach, one last one. Are you going to the game tomorrow? King, uh, in fact, I
2: did a podcast, I guess it was. I was on Jay Williams and Keyshawn Johnson's show I got about an hour ago. And I told them, I said, guys, people ask me if I would go to the game. And I say, no. And I said, why would you ask? And they said, out of respect for Mike, we thought you might go. And I said, no, I do respect Mike. I got no problem with that. I said, but it would be phony because if I go <laughs> over there out of respect for Mike, I'm going to be up in the stands hoping we beat the hell out of him. So, how is <laughs> that respect, you know, that kind of thing? So, no, I'll be uh, uh, Wicked London. I'll set our uh, schedule so we can eat either before or after, but we'll be sitting there watching the game. And, uh, you know, it's it's a great moment for Mike. Uh, and uh, somebody asked, did I feel, did I know that it was my last game last year when I coached? And I said, no, I did not. He chose to do it this way, and so I think it would be tougher for me knowing that it was going to be my last game. But uh, uh, it, it'll be emotional for him. But I hope it's uh, fantastic, except for one thing. I hope the Tar Heels win, and that ain't going to make it good for him. So there you go. That shows you what means. What it means to me is that. Tar Heels getting
0: another win is what I care about. Well, Coach, I, I just want to say I want to thank you. Okay, I, I'm I'm so happy that about our relationship. Um, mm-hmm. How much you've done for me. Okay, just recruiting me to North Carolina, being the the influence in my life that you have been. Um, who you are as a man, um, a father, a husband. You know, you are you've been an incredible example. You're one of the all time greatest college basketball coaches. But then I can say you're even a better man. You always help us. Okay, always. And and you already know Coach Smith did that. And always, right. I, I look at you and I say, Well, you know, I was coach was the assistant coach, but he really cared about me like Coach Smith did and he did for his players how coach smith did for us so that's the the biggest compliment okay and how you've carried it at carolina you know you you won three national championships and and just did so many other things and you give your money away to everybody okay and you're just you've you've been a great basketball coach but an even better man and i'm so thankful that you took the time to come up here and see what I've been doing for the last 11 years because you played such a a big role in it, getting me back into college. Um, And I'm just so thankful for our friendship um, and what Mm -hmm. you've done for me and that I get to call a Hall of Fame coach, Roy Williams, a friend. So thank you so much, Coach.
2: Well, I appreciate it, big fella. And, you know, I get emotional. And hearing those kind of things is what I coached for. It wasn't about wins or shoe contracts or anything like that. But the other thing, Badger, you're like this. Even at an older person age, King Rice, when he did come back here for a while and we were trying to get him helped out and got him to do some work with the Rams Club and all this kind of stuff, I, it was my first, second, third year. His first or second year. And I had him and Hubert Davis come and practice with us and would use what they were doing, hands up as they close out and pressure on the ball and all those kind of things. And both of them were, were finished playing. But yet they would come to practice with my team in King. I'm going to guess you guys did that six or seven times. And early on in my career at North Carolina, they were a great example for my team, the way they were supposed to play. And uh kidding me, say they were both old men at that time. We <laughs> <It> was old. <laughs> <laughs> but they would do in practice and I said, Guys, why they're doing it right now, they're showing me this thing. So King Rice, the toughness, the competitiveness, the role model for what I wanted my teams to be on the court in our second year, you know, we win the national championship. And King and he would come to practice and talking to my guys. So it's a two way street, big fella. Yes, I tried to do things for kids, and yes, I enjoyed that. and Yes, that was the important thing. But every player I've ever had has given me back more than I could ever give them. So thank you. Love you guys. Badger, I don't know if I know love you enough yet. going anybody <laughs> can let somebody call me Gary? <laughs> I don't know if I can handle that. <laughs> well, but I appreciate you, guys you coming on nonetheless. <laughs> all right, dude. You guys have a good time, and I look forward to being back to a game in the future too. So, Kingo. Go get them, big
0: fella. All right, coach. Thank you so much.
2: Thank okay, you. Okay, we'll see you guys later. Thank right. you now. Bye-bye.
1: Just an awesome interview that we just had on the of Badger podcast with Hall of Famer, Roy Williams. Coach, the, the love he has for you uh, and our program, having him here last night was one of the coolest things in a in a decade of cool things that have happened since you've been our coach. but. Just a really cool night and a really cool opportunity to speak with him about about your past and his past and our guys and and can't say enough good things about it really. I just thought it was awesome.
0: <laughs> no, and and that's Coach Williams. You know what I mean? He he's been telling me I mean, well, first off, guys, let's not forget he's brought us down there two times. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when when he brought us down there when I first became a head coach, he was one of the first people to call me and say, King, don't don't set up your games until you talk to me because I'm going a, I'm to a give you a nice check to come down here and play us. And I was like, wow, coach. And he was like, and I, you know, we'll probably be around around 100. <laughs> you know, so before I even got up here, I had that that I was bringing to the table, just him helping me. And then they brought us back again for another 100, you know, and those checks... Our big, big time to help our program and and help our school and help the other sports. And, you know, it just was something that he did out of the kindness of his heart. He did not have to do that. And then I finally asked him, and he might have done it earlier, but I finally asked him on my 10th year. I just felt like, you know, maybe I should ask him to come here. And I called, and right away he said, 100%, I'll do it. And then they started laughing, and I was like, "What's up, coach?" He was like, "King, I was gonna mess with you for a little while and say no." <laughs> and and Hubert was trying to get me to do that to you, and I, I couldn't do it to you. You know, of course we'll come up there, King. I, I will come up there and bring our program and and coach against you. And I'm gonna try to beat you, son. I'm gonna try to beat you. You know, because he he wants you to know he's not coming as as a buddy when his team is with him and. You know, he's going to try to win the game, but and I just said, Coach, that would be so cool for our school. And, you know, and then when he retired, you know, he thought they would still come this year, and, and it, then it just worked out. And and I got pretty upset about it and said a lot of things that I probably shouldn't have said. Um, and, you know, I, I, was, I really wanted them to come up here. It was a big deal for me, and, and I got caught up in it a little bit, and I was hurt, and... I probably said some things that I shouldn't have said. And, uh, you know, but that happens in families. And, and Coach has been straight the whole time telling me he was going to come. He wasn't going to let something get in the way of him coming here and and being here for a game. And he's tried to come two or three times this year. COVID stopped him once when we got shut down. And then we had a blizzard. And, and he, couldn't, he, was, he was supposed to come that day. So... He's a man of his word. Um, Last night was so cool, Um, and he just does so much. If you turn on the TV, he's going to be somewhere tonight. You know, he got back last night late. He already did a podcast this morning, the national one, and then he comes right and does ours, and I'm telling you, he was more excited to do ours. That's just who he is as a man, and I've been fortunate to have him in my life um especially since coach smith passed you know because coach smith has been the one for all of us and then coach williams stepped into that seat and everybody was like no one's coach smith and what he has done there he's not coach smith but he's roy williams and and that stands on itself and like i said he's a hall of famer but he's even a better man so i'm glad he came and did that with us
1: yeah that was was pretty cool um Pretty cool night, and, and part of that was senior night. I know senior night's always been a special night for you. You've talked about your senior night at Carolina with your father and how emotional it was. Saw a little bit of that last night with our guys, like we talked about before. Nobody cried, which was nice. I thought we were going to get George a couple times, but he made it through the press conference. He made it through everything without crying. Um, what does senior night mean to you? Why is it so special? Why is it so important?
0: Well, I think first off, because you meet these families when they really don't know what college athletics is all about. And you go into the homes and the parents are excited and everybody's trying to put their best self forward because they want this so badly. And and it's a big deal in people's families. And sometimes like in my situation, I was the first one in the family to go. So like Everybody in my family came when people came to recruit me. You know, my cousins would come to so they could see the coaches. And, you know, and I, I just remember that. And this was my chance to, to have a better life and all these things. And then you, you get to go and the kids are off at college trying and the parents are home hoping that the kids are doing what they're supposed to. You know, and grandma's praying and everybody and your sisters and brothers are looking up and watching you on TV and all your friends are going, you're playing great or you're playing terrible. And you know you represent, you know, so many people. And then all of a sudden you look up and it's your senior night and it's over. And you got so many things done, but you're like, wow, that was fast. Can I have more time? And that's not how it works. And you get to watch these Young men or kids grow into young men. And that's a beautiful thing. It's just beautiful to growth. Like George looks at our freshman right now and he thinks he was never that. (laughs) And it's like he was like, I wasn't like that when I was yes, you were like that too. And look at the growth you've had here. And that's what this is all about. Yeah, we gotta win games. Yeah, we gotta do certain things. But kids graduating and watching the growth and then watching how happy families are when they get through this and then the cool stuff starts to happen because then they go become men and then they become dads and then they become husbands and or husbands and dads and all these things. And you get to watch this and then, you know, and then he's sitting back, he had this kid from Binghamton, New York that was hard headed, that was competitive, that he loved, but, had some other things that that would push back on all that stuff. And now he sits here and he sees me as a a 53-year-old guy and he talks about what my father wanted, you know, because they really cared about us. And Coach Williams and, and Coach Smith won my family in the first five minutes, okay? Everybody in the country came in saying, We'll give you the ball. We'll let you this. We'll let you that. Well, first off, my dad's a really religious man, and nobody should give you anything. So when everybody said that, they already had a check mark on the wrong side. I'll give you the ball. You'll be my starting point guard. I had never been on their team before. So that means in my dad's eyes, well, what'd you tell the other kids? He didn't take that as them doing something like, well, why they want to give you something, son? Nobody gives you anything. And my dad was very black and white like that. He just like, no, nobody's going to give us anything. We're going to earn it. He might get the ball, but he's earning it. Well, Coach Smith came in, and they asked the question, what's most important to you, Mr. Rice? Okay, what's most important to you for King? And my dad's old school who never went to school. So my dad started off, oh, my boy getting an education. That's all I care about. My boy, you know, and then my mom didn't go to school either. Only till eighth grade. So they didn't care about me playing ball. Of course, I was good at ball. I could play ball. They didn't care about that. They knew to get out of the the situation our family was in, it had to be bigger than sports. I had to do well in school. And I remember my dad sitting there with me, and he couldn't help me with my schoolwork, okay? But he would sit there and make me do it. (laughs) Okay, because he knew there was bigger things coming, and if you couldn't do the schoolwork, you, weren't, you, you, you wouldn't have a chance. That's what happened with him. So it was like, I'm not letting that happen again. So even though he couldn't help me, he made me sit there to do it. And then he would go to the school and talk to the teachers and say, my son's not understanding. I need somebody to show him. And they saw that. Okay, and they never, when I lost my way, they kept bringing me back to that. Didn't your father say this? Didn't you say this? Didn't your mom say this? And now you forgot, King. Now you don't got down here and you forgot what you guys said. And then they reminded you, and they stayed with you, okay. And and they told you they were gonna stay with you while you were sitting there going, "I'm gonna do the better. I'm gonna do better than everybody. I'm never gonna mess up. I'm not gonna get in any trouble. I'm gonna be the best kid ever at Carolina." And then they would be like, yeah, so when these other things happen, we're still going to be with you. And my dad, they won right then. And then when they said, oh, yeah, Mr. Rice, on Sundays we make our freshmen go to church. It was over. <laughs> it was done. Like My dad was like, well, you got to go to church. Who's going? They going to make them? Oh, man. we. And my dad never told me to go there. But I knew. I knew from... When everybody left, I could just tell because I knew my father. And uh, I'm thankful that I picked the school that I picked because now I'm 53, and they come and take care of me still. And when I came here, that's what I said. I'm going to try to do this. This is my North Carolina. It was no disrespect to Monmouth. That's what I knew, and I want to treat our program how they treat that program. And that's what I've tried to do and building it up and trying to, you know, with the older guys being the main ones that handle things and then, you know, the freshmen come in and you got to prove yourself and show us who you are and we kind of hold your hand because it's your first time away from home to let you get your feet wet and then, you know, it's it's how we do. And at the end of this year, which will be year 11, we'll have 100% graduation again. And that's what this is all about. And I learned it from Coach Williams, Coach Smith, Coach Guthridge, Coach Ford, Coach Harp, Randy Will, Dave Hanners. Those men taught me this. And I'm so thankful that they chose me as a kid so I could choose and talk about them as a man.
1: What's it like for you last night, uh, when you look across the sideline and you're uh you know, you talked about you built this program and for the last 11 years, this has been your North Carolina. You're at your your own building. You're at Monmouth playing a regular season game. You look across the sidelines, and Coach Williams is there rooting yawn and, and watching the game. Was there a moment last night where you kind of stopped and said, wow, this is pretty cool?
0: Uh, just see, he, he's been calling me, telling me he was coming and coming. And the first part, I was nervous for Walker, okay? I was nervous for Walker because – when coach was on the sideline, walked in get to play. <laughs> okay, so now coach is on the sideline, walks get to play. Uh, I didn't know how nervous he would be if he if he'd be too tight, if he'd be overexcited to prove some stuff. So I was a little nervous for a walk. So I tried to let him know, um, and I have a good relationship, a great relationship with coach. So I thought it was cool. But I tried to focus on just coaching. I, I checked him out a couple of times because <laughs> I ran Carolina plays, and we always scored on them I ain't gonna say which ones they were, but he knew because soon as the game was over, he was like, "You got him on this. You got him on that. <laughs> you got him on this," and and you had him on dribble option, but Walker didn't throw it, and you know, so it was funny, and and it, you know, it just meant a lot, you know, because because the the North Carolina family, a Hall of Famer retired. Okay. And then a friend of mine got it. And, and, and we've had a little bit of a bumpy road and, and Hubert's one of the best dudes ever. He's, he's, he's a friend, um, a brother and, and sometimes business just gets in the way. And, um, you know, but I, I care deeply about them and, you know, the, the guys who came before me here, you know, that's what's so cool. Coach Callaway was there, um, His family got to see Coach and rap to him. You guys getting to meet Coach because I've talked about it so much over these 11 years. And, you know, and then Dr. McNeil being in the house last night, one for senior day, and then two for Coach Williams being here and get to shake her hand and, and, you know, she gave me the start and and all that stuff. So it all came together last night, and it, it was really, really cool for the coach. Um, It's usually I'm about the kids, and you can see why. I learned from Coach Smith and Coach Williams. It's always about the kids. But some nights is really cool for the coach, too. And last night was one of those.
1: Well, Thankfully, we were able to plot a a win also. I think that adds to uh, to how good of a night it was.
0: Yeah, because if we didn't, I probably wouldn't have (laughs) showed up for the call today. (laughs) You guys would have been talking to Coach Williams, and he would have kept going, Gary. That was pretty good. Oh, you know we got to get your badge. I, I was gonna get Scombs, but Scombs might got me back, so I ain't messing with Scombs. <laughs> no, today. He, he, he might get. He, you. He's the, he got the the machine over there, so I ain't messing with him. He make my voice sound sound better than it does right now. So I, <laughs> when it comes through, it sounds like uh Billy D. Williams or somebody. You know what I'm saying? Right now it don't sound like Billy D when it's coming out. Yeah, my Greg mouth. will get you though. He he gonna hook me up and then he would have had me sounding like Daffy Duck or somebody. <laughs> so I ain't messing with Scombs. Scombs is my man. Him and Coach Williams. That's how we do around here.
1: <laughs> you know where the bread's buttered. That's right. Um one more game, regular season. We got Ryder on uh on Saturday and then uh and then into the Mac tournament so Really, towards the end of the stretch right here, the season's gone by so fast. It's funny you were talking about, about uh, senior night, and I went back this morning and I looked at some stuff. Because George said I thought it was good in the press conference last night. He said, I won my first game. and I started with a win, and I ended with a win. And I went all the way back. And George's first game was against Bucknell the year after Justin graduated. Him and Marcus look like little kids. It is crazy. I put up a picture of it this morning, but I was just... And I remember that game. Micah hit free throws with a couple seconds left, and we won the game. But to look at the guys that played in that game and the crossover, Zach was in his red shirt year and was playing with those guys. Austin was here. I was like, wow, Dan Pilari is still on the team. I was like, man, that feels like so long ago, but George and Marcus are still here. <laughs> George
0: and Marcus been here about 11 years. Uh, they've been here since I've been here. And uh, oh my goodness, they just showed me the picture of Pappas. I'm, I'm not even gonna speak on that. I'm, I'm gonna let that y'all y'all make the comments on the picture that Badger put out there. But George, back when he was number eleven, when 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 you got here, you were a freshman too, brother. All right. You you might have been a pre-freshman when you got here. Wow, crazy! Wow, he looks crazy. like a Playing little boy. <laughs> I know, and now he yells at me. It must be a thing with shooting guards here. <laughs> they they come in looking like that, and now they think they can yell at me. Oh. Another thing last night, did y'all see Ray at the game? I did. I talked to him. Okay, that's the type of stuff that this is all about. Uh Okay, Ray came back, and everybody got to understand that's what this is all about. Ray graduated, went to DePaul, went to UMBC, but he still comes here Mm -hmm. and still comes see his guys, come see the coaches, come and just hang out because he's always going to be a Mammoth Hawk. I thought he looked great. I told him he could come in the locker room. He was like, Oh man, you know I don't do that. So he's still Ray. Still Ray. Still Ray. <laughs> you know what I mean? But to me, that's the that's the biggest sign of he loved it here is that they come back.
1: It's been like that all year. That's I, the whole I don't thing. think I don't think Dan and Louie and Colin have missed a game. The ego's been at a whole bunch. I saw Mike James last night. Yeah,
0: Mike James was in there. Mike James. <laughs> <laughs> you see yeah. these
1: guys they keep coming back and it's it's just awesome. And I know I mean, I think Justin texts me just about every game. I he watching. I don't even know what time it is where he is, but I know he's always watching.
0: You know, um, he don't need any sleep though. He, he's he's not human. No, That's he's the on he, uh, he's on some different stuff. This is me. for
1: another podcast. He was on Twitter this morning trying to get an alumni game started. So That's he doesn't
0: going. sleep, guys. He's in he's in a different side of the world, and this boy will be always on Twitter.
1: Always on Twitter, um, Coach. Pretty cool episode, pretty cool weekend. One more game in the regular season, and uh, I'm sure we'll hit you guys before we uh, head to Atlantic City next week. But looking forward to it and hope everybody can get their tickets for AC because uh, it's going to be a pretty fun week.
0: And if you can, go down to Rider tomorrow, all right, because their fans go crazy on me the whole time. It seems like they turn the heat up in that building. I think they do. Um, it gets hot kind of quickly. You're all tight. But hopefully our team is gonna hoop out tomorrow so we can finish this the right way going down to Atlantic City. See you guys in Lawrenceville tomorrow. Appreciate
2: it. the risk the jakes with no nah. mistakes. you out the